morning I just want to minister to us maybe something that will help us in the fight that we are in. I think we need to understand very well that we are in a fight here. Christianity, ladies and gentlemen, is not a playground. It's a warfare. You are called to war and you wonder how this is how you are fighting. What has been going through is how you are Fighting and is part of the warfare. So what do you need to do? There are a number of characteristics that we need to develop in us in times such as these. And so this morning I'm just going to show you only one characteristic out of a cluster of about seven of them. And they are found in Second Peter chapter 1. Verses 5 to 9. Let's put that scripture on the, on the screen. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement or to add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. Let's go on. And to knowledge at self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness you add godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For in these qualities are yours, sorry, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a number of things that have been mentioned in that scripture. Because of time, I have, I have my interest only in one, which I think it's what you and me need today for tomorrow. And the version we read called it steadfastness, but my version calls it perseverance. So I'm going to talk to us this morning about how to persevere in our fight. But maybe before we get there, let me just give you some context here so you can understand where Peter is coming from. So if you read the two letters of Peter, he is writing to a persecuted church, which is exactly where you and me are now, persecuted. How many of us understand that not being allowed to gather is persecution? How many of us understand that gathering on condition that you have been vaccinated is persecution? Because that is not the requirement of the kingdom of our God. Hallelujah. You know, persecution, ladies and gentlemen, differs and is in various fashions and forms. 
In the Afghanistan, they are shooting Christians. That is persecution. In Nigeria, they are killing and cutting off their hands and heads and the like. That is another form of persecution. And persecution differs from one region to another. Your kind of persecution is misinformation. <laughs> and uh, the, the refusal of you to gather and to do what you need to do. Your kind of persecution is for you to think that if you don't gather like this, then there is no church. Are you listening to me? But one thing that you need to do is to persevere. And then Peter is giving us this context here where there is a lot of things happening. But in Second Peter, he is talking to us about a number of things. Let me just read what I wrote here for your benefit. Peter is writing to warn Christians against false teachers. Within, let me do this clear, within their fellowship, who would lead them to apostasy? Heretical teachers are on the scene and misleading many. Guys, you'll agree with me that these days, woo, heretic teaching is all over. And a lot of us love it. And a lot of us run with it. A lot of us pick it and think it is the truth. How many of you here have picked up that the vaccine is the mark of the beast and ran with it and even posted it? And even believed it. Many of us. Today you cannot rely, I mean, lift up your hand and say I said it. But uh, many of us have believed that. But is that true? Mm -mm. My food, it is a lie. Terrible misinformation. There is a lot of misinformation that has taken place from 2020 to up to now. Many people, some of whom you believed as gods on earth, eh? who stood up and spoke a lot of things, heretic teaching. The challenge with us is we don't get to the word of God and know the word. And heretic teaching, by the way, is part of the persecution. It's part of the strategy of the enemy. And Peter is warning his audience here to say, hey, 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 be very careful. These people are there. But he is showing us how to answer, how to respond to all the things that are happening. And one way of responding, according to Peter, in his writing here, is about stimulating Christian growth. All you need to do is to stimulate your own growth, to be mature. I will show you how. The second thing that Peter is showing us here is combating false teaching. He's writing to his audience to say, hey, 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 we are living in the end times. False teaching will be all over the place. Combat it. Fight it. Resist it. Refuse it. Reject it. How do you resist and reject it if you are not sure of falsehood and truth? You're not sure of the difference. 
Ladies and gentlemen, hear me this very morning. The enemy will not mislead you out of the scripture or outside the scripture. He uses part of the scripture to mislead you. And if you are not very sure of the fullness of the scripture, you fall for the trap. And he has gotten you. Are you with me this morning? Do not be afraid. I'm trying to equip us. And the third thing he is, Peter showing, sorry, that Peter is showing us in this book is to be watchful. Be watchful because Jesus is coming again. The world wants you to believe that it's a, it's a false thing, that Jesus is coming again. There's nothing like that. Yeah? You, you have arrived. You are your own God. You are already in heaven. And Jesus is not for you. He's for Jews. That's what the world is trying to teach you. And so you walk through here believing in a Jesus that you believe is not coming again. Don't you think that is some little bit of some mental weakness? Yeah? Because you cannot commit to a Jesus you hope not to see again. But the Jesus of the Bible that you and me are gathered here to worship is coming again. And he's coming again soon. He is Lord and he is really. And he is the commander of this army that is confused by the schemes of Satan. And yet it is not supposed to be. Jesus does not lead a confused army. He is not leading a weak army. He is not leading a defeated army. Ladies and gentlemen, it might seem you are defeated. But I read my Bible that told me that when I am weak, I am strong. Because his power is made manifest in my weakness. Every believer is in their strongest form despite how they feel and how they appear. You're too strong every second of your life. Can I ask you to tell your neighbor, just tell them you are too strong for the enemy and too strong to, to appear in this way. So what does this mean? For me, this means that there has got to be some, what I call here, moral transformation. And this moral transformation can only result from the knowledge of the Lord. How much do you put or invest in knowing Jesus? It will show on how you resist. It will show on how you carry yourself. It will show on how you respond to the lies of the enemy. It will show whether you remain standing or fallen. What will give you power? What will give you strength? What will give you zeal to persevere is your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in such times as these ones. And Peter therefore says, listen, you have faith already. All of us here have faith. The Bible says God has given us a measure of faith. Each and every one of us was given the same measure of faith. And then Peter says, now add the following things onto your faith so that your faith in Christ Jesus can be fruitful in times such as this. Didn't you see where the Bible says you will know them according to their fruit? And that fruit is the fruit of your faith. 
And if your faith is going to produce the fruit that Jesus is pleased in. Peter says, listen, Mazalwane, listen, the church of Jesus Christ. Add virtue, which is moral excellence. Add the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ onto what you are doing. Add self-control. Add steadfastness. Add brotherly kindness. Why? And add love because faith works by love. All those things that Peter has given us are characteristics that each believer ought to betray. Each believer, sorry, not to betray, or each believer ought to show, each believer ought to spend time in developing. How much are you investing in developing these characteristics that will make your faith work? The days we are in are the days of faith and not fear, not worry, but faith. But for your faith to help you to stand at those things. And this morning, we want to look at this one thing that we must add. But maybe before I sh show you that one thing, I need you to understand that Jesus is obsessed with faith. Jesus loves faith. Jesus is looking for faith. Will the son of man find faith when he returns? He didn't say, will the son of man find the gatherings, eh? or find people, or find anything else, find money, find buildings, find this and that. No, 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 no. Will he find faith when he comes for his church? Will he find faith in the church he is coming for? That's what he is looking for. He's obsessed with faith. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you and me in these last days, we need to take time to build our faith. Because that is what our master is pleased in. That's what the king is pleased in. That's what God is pleased in. Because these days, you don't want God to be displeased of you. You want God to be pleased of you. And there is one thing that makes him pleased. It is your faith in the finished work on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. That is what makes us unique. That is what makes us strong. And that is what we need to be working on so that we can be who God wants us to be. And so in all this that I have said, Peter would say, I want you to add perseverance. Perseverance, ladies and gentlemen, is a call. Christians are called to persevere. And maybe what is to persevere? What is perseverance? Perseverance, I defined it as dedication. When the Bible says add perseverance, it means add dedication to your faith. It means add determination to your faith. It means add diligence to your faith. It means add devotion to your faith. Be devoted. Staunchly devoted. Yeah? Seriously devoted. Unquestionably devoted. In your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
be determined in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are four things that I want us to take home this morning where we need to persevere as the church of Jesus Christ. Not only King said, but the body of Christ. In all ages, the time the church began in the, in the book of Acts, and today, and in the generations to come, until Jesus returns, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ must be devoted in these four things. It must persevere in these four things because these are the four things the enemy wants to take away from you. And because these are the things that build you up as an army of the living God. And these things are found in Acts chapter number 2 verse 42. Let's read that scripture together. Acts 2 verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. <laughs> this is the early church. Look at those four things. They devoted themselves. They persevered under persecution. The early church started in persecution. The church started in antagonism. There was antagonism all around when Peter first preached the first sermon. There was opposition. There was persecution. There was running around. There was scattering all over every time. And have you seen that every time the church scattered, it became more powerful. Every time the church in Acts was persecuted, it became more powerful. More numbers were added. More miracles took place. More signs and wonders followed the believers wherever they are. The devotion to these four things increased every time they were under persecution. And the first devotion there is they devoted themselves to the apostles' Teaching. What is the apostles' teaching? The apostles' teaching is the word of God. And so what does that mean? It means you and me in these days of persecution and everything else, we need to devote ourselves to the word of God. Devote yourself to the word of God. Don't stop reading the word of God because you are not attending a church service. In the church service, we don't necessarily read the word together. We encourage each other in the word. But the reading of the word happens by yourself. Persevere in reading the word. Persevere in studying the word. Persevere in believing the word. Persevere in speaking the word. Persevere in prophesying the word of God onto your lives. Don't be silenced. Don't be quiet. Do you know that they can stop you from coming here, but they can never stop you from reading the word of God? So why are you not reading because when you start it, when you read it, when you, you, you memorize the word, when you put it inside of you, it builds in you that which is of God and that which makes your faith work better. 
And when the word of God is alive in you, it will cause your mouth to speak, even if you don't want to speak. Because the word inside of you is like fire. It will burn until you say, hey, shut up you. Until you respond and say, you are lying on this one and this one and this one. That's not the word of God. My challenge is the church people are too silent. Where they are supposed to be speaking. Guys, we are in a warfare. We can't be too silent. The church speaks and we speak the word of God. Men shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. That's what the word is. It separates things. Born from marrow. Flesh from spirit. It, it will separate falsehood from truth. It will show you which is which. It doesn't matter who has said what. You can stand and say this man of God is lying. You will stand and say that one is not of us. The spirit that oozes out of his mouth or her mouth is not the spirit of God. And it is the word of God that sharpens your hearing, that sharpens your spiritual skills in such confusing times to remain walking steadfastly and to remain walking confidently, to say, I shall not bow to the lies of the world because I know the word of God. So ladies and gentlemen, be devoted to the word of God. This is my encouragement to us this morning. Persevere. Even if when your flesh is refusing, it wants to sleep, it wants to watch television. These days, soccer is back. Ladies and gentlemen, persevere. Reading the word is a struggling. The things of the Lord are a struggling against the flesh. Learn to beat up your flesh. Learn to beat up your body. Learn to resist the call and the passions and the intentions of your flesh. And give time to the things of above. The word of God. Why should a day go by without you reading a scripture? Memorizing a verse. Speaking a verse. I don't think that's the proper life of a believer. Are you listening to me this morning? Talk to your neighbor and say, persevere in the word. Persevere in the word of God. Start it. Live according to the word of God. Yeah? When the word of God grows inside of you, the Bible says it prevails. Yeah? As the word grew, so it prevailed. Yeah? It prevails in your circumstances. It prevails in your confusions. It answers your unanswered questions. It deals with many things in you. Then it impacts your environment. That's the power of the word. Because the word is alive. Hallelujah. Number two. What is it that you should devote yourself to according to that scripture? Devote yourself to fellowship. Ladies and gentlemen, the word is what the enemy challenges. 
Number two, the enemy wants to steal fellowship. That's why for two years, you guys, you have been denied the opportunity to fellowship. Do you know that as a result of that, many have backslidden? Many think the church has no backbone. Many want to push the church into activism. Carry placards and run over the streets and demonstrate and denounce. I never saw it in the Bible. We don't demonstrate on the, on the streets when we are under pressure as the church. We demonstrate in private prayer. We get to our homes and lie down and pray. That's how we demonstrate. Demonstrating on the streets is a democratic right of the world and not of the kingdom of God. Please quote me on this one. I want to stand for it. It is not the duty of the church and it is not how the church fights. Our weapons of our warfare are not canal. It means they are not natural. They are not like the weapons of the world. They are not democratically instituted. They are only mighty in God and not in democracy and not in politics and not in any human sociology or psychology. You heard me this morning, even if you remain silent. Devote yourselves to fellowship. The early church, they were good in fellowship. Even under persecution. Listen. They can deny you coming here, but they cannot stop you fellowshipping at your home. This auditorium can be closed, but your several auditoriums here, 200, 300, 500 of them are not shut for fellowship. So fellowship at home. Yes. Visit each other. And fellowship. Visit each other and read the word together. Visit each other and have a coffee, a cup of coffee together. That is part of the fellowship. No one can stop you from that kind of fellowship at that level. And yet, that is the strongest of our fellowship. But we denied. We think I... It's, it's not okay. I want the crowd. The Bible says where two or three gather in my name, I am in their midst. God doesn't function by crowds, ladies and gentlemen. We can fellowship at home and he is in our midst. And he changes cities and changes nations. As long as two brethren can gather in the name of the Lord. Anyway, it happens. Are you hearing me this morning? So fellowship at home. Of course, Hebrews 10 verse 25, the Bible says, don't ignore it. Don't forget it, isn't it? Fellowshipping is important. And we fellowship at different levels, I have said. This is fellowship that we have been longing for, to be here. Congratulations. Where we can sharpen one another, encourage one another, inspire one another. But from here, we have six days. Of fellowshipping at home, in the workplaces, 
and many other places. So fellowship, home is church. Go there and do what believers ought to do. Coming together and loving one another. My point number three, let's move on. That we read in that scripture. Devote yourself to breaking off bread. The early church was consistent. This is a devotion of the church. This is a characteristic of the church. This is the DNA of the church of Jesus Christ. Breaking bread together. Breaking bread together means two things to me. Number one, it is communion. Having Holy Communion together. I'm sure next Sunday we'll be having Holy Communion here. To fellowship. That's good. Do you know that you can have communion in your family? At your family level? You and your household? You and your friends? You can have communion in your office? You and your workers? You can have communion in your farm? You and your workers? You and your everyone? Don't ignore the breaking of this bread. Don't ignore. Because it brings us into remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're partaking in his suffering. We don't remember Jesus once in a year. We remember Jesus every minute of our lives. What he accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary. The shame he went through. It was because of you and me. It preoccupies our thinking. It preoccupies our hearts. The early church was consistent. No matter how much they were persecuted, on the run they would meet and break bread. Hiding somewhere they would meet and break bread. Take communion. It gave them strength. It fortified their faith. It made them to, to be united. And to be excellent in everything that they were doing. The other formation side of breaking bread is sharing. Sharing our belongings. Sharing our gifts. Sharing our possessions with one another as believers. There is no better time than now to walk in love towards one another. There is no better time than now to show love to your neighbors, even if they are not Christian. There's no better time. Do you know you can show love by giving them a bangle of rep or chomolia? You can show love by giving them a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. You can show love by offering them a lift. These days there are no combis. You can show love by sharing a meal with them or sharing anything with them. They are struggling. Maybe before you even go to your neighbors, how about the neighbors here? The household of faith. Haven't you heard that the Bible says take care first of the household of faith before you take care of the world? God's things have precedence. They have logic. It starts here, then it spills over. If it starts that side, it is called hypocrisy. Are you with me this morning? Let's share. 
Who are you sharing with? And what are you sharing? Don't share gossip. It is not part of us. Don't share laziness in the world. It is not part of us. Don't share wrong thoughts. Don't share wrong words. Don't share wrong vibes. It is not part of the sharing. It is not part of the fellowship. It is not part of the breaking of bread that we are talking about here. Church, are you with me this morning? Somebody will have to say amen at some point. Because it is important. Hallelujah. The Lord give you grace enough. The last thing, my point number four. Devote yourself to prayer. Persevere in the word. Persevere in fellowship. Persevere in breaking bread. Persevere in prayer. These are the four things the enemy would want to weaken you in. If he can stop you from doing this, he is fine. He can do what he wants. He can announce to you every new measure every day and you comply. Yeah? And say yes. Ah, they have spoken. The Bible says obey the authorities. To what extent? <laughs> Lord help us. The early church were a prayer, prayerful church. They devoted so much time to prayer. They stayed in prayer. They lived by prayer. They prayed always, everywhere, anytime, anyhow. And when they did that, signs and wonders followed them. Prayer. What do I mean? Luke 18 verse 1, the Bible says, Men always ought to pray and not faint. This is not the time to faint, guys. The devil will eat you up. Have you not heard that the Bible says, Be vigilant and be sober. Because your enemy, your adversary, the devil... He roams around like a lion, seeking whom to devour. And he loves fainted believers. He loves confused believers. He loves unsure believers. He comes along and whispers his own things in your unbelief, in your uncertainty, in your confusion, and he has got you. Don't faint. These are not the days to faint. And these are the days where we need to fellowship more, check on each other more, inspire each other more to say, hey, 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 wake up, pray, 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 pray. Because the devil is on the prowl. The lion is on the prowl, but he's a defeated lion. Hallelujah. You heard me. First Thessalonians 5 verse 17, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. None is stop. It means pray always. Wherever you are, pray. Are you driving? Pray. Sleeping? Pray. Sitting right here, you are praying inside of you. In the shop? Pray. Walking and crossing the streets? Pray. These days they steal a lot on the streets, so you better be prayerful. While you are crossing the streets and holding onto your handbag or your phone or whatever you. Keep prayer alive inside of you. Did you know that the biggest work of a believer is prayer? Prayer is the occupation of our ministry. If the devil stops people from praying, the church is weak. If the church prays, 
The church is too powerful for the devil. You don't have to say anything. You just pray and he gets confused in everything and he keeps changing. He will say this today and tomorrow he reverses and it's another. He can't do anything. He's confused by the power of prayer because prayer releases an atmosphere that affects the atmospheres around. You heard me this morning. Persevere in prayer. Prayer of a faithful man avails much. James, if you read James chapter 5 from verse 15 to 16, it says something about prayer there. It avails much. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in a time where much is needed. Much of God. Much of the spirit of God. Much of holiness. Much of righteousness. Much of moral excellence. Much of dedication. Much of perseverance. Much of self-control. Much of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Much of godliness. Much of the things of God. They are needed now. And the prayer of you and me, if we are faithful enough, will avail those things. In our atmospheres, in our homes, in our families, everywhere we are. And we will create the kingdom of heaven wherever we are. Because it is our duty to manifest that kingdom, to manifest the rule of our God. Hallelujah. I'm about to finish. Give me two minutes. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. The disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. They never went to Jesus and said, teach us to preach. Teach us to teach. Teach us to sing. No. Teach us to. Because preaching is a result of prayer. Teaching and singing and worshiping are a result of prayer. Praising is a result of prayer. When these things come before prayer, they are fake. They don't impact anything. But when they are born out of prayer, they change things. They transform hearts and minds. They send the devil pecking. I hope you are hearing what I'm saying this morning. So to be devoted to be devoted to the reading of the word, to the study of the word, to speaking the word, to believing the word. Be devoted into fellowship. Meet with one another. Love one another with brotherly love and brotherly kindness. Hallelujah. Be devoted in breaking bread. Have communion. Wherever you are, share, give one to another. Are you listening to me this morning? And be devoted to prayer. In these four things, I want to ask you this morning, persevere. In these four things, don't give up. In these four things, keep the fight. Keep the faith. This is what makes you, you. This is the DNA of the body of Christ. This is what the church is all about. If you are going to manifest the kingdom of God, stay and persevere in these four things. In such times of depression and tribulation, persevere in reading the word, persevere in fellowship, persevere in prayer, persevere in breaking the bread. Don't quit this. This is where your power lies. Stay put. Keep the faith and occupy 
till he comes. Beloved, Jesus is coming soon. You don't want him to come to rescue. He is not coming for a rescue mission. He came for a rescue mission 2,000 years ago. When he comes again, he is coming for a victorious church, a fighting army to which he is the commander. He is the captain of the armies of God. And this morning, know that you are an army of God. And armies are not called to stay in barracks. Armies are fighting everywhere and everywhere. That is what you are doing, you and me. So keep the fight and fight the good fight of faith. God bless you throughout the week.